0: Broadcasting live from the RNR Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the
1: Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Ponsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. I'm gonna have to kick you, you know what, today! We're heading inside the tent with an injury update from the Las Vegas
0: Raiders. That's right, and that is the time of week we go uh, out to the uh, guest line to talk to Robert Odell and Dr. Michael Moses from uh, the uh, Nevada Las Vegas uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center of, of Las Vegas. Uh, you can phone them at seven zero two two five seven seven two four six. They're always doing uh, great things, uh, managing pain, making people's making uh, you know people's lives just better uh, that they don't have to deal uh, with that sort of pain. We're going to get all into that. Doctors, how are you doing today?
2: Uh, Dr. Odell here. Dr. Moses is uh, not available. I think he said he was going to be doing something tonight because it is eight o'clock there. Um, Got it. But, uh, I'm here.
0: All right. Well, that's all we need. Uh, absolutely, Dr. Odell and, and uh, Dr. Odell. I, obviously, I, I spent many years in Los Angeles, so uh, have a uh, have my my heart has Lakers written all over it and um, lebron james goes down uh, recently about a week and a half two weeks ago with a ankle injury and they're calling it a six to eight week ankle injury when you as a doctor hear that length of time for an ankle injury what immediately comes to mind for you
2: well six to eight weeks six weeks is really what it takes for bone to heal most everybody knows, is familiar with that and uh, soft tissue is not any different than bone i mean it's got to heal properly and sometimes the uh, the uh, the way it's got to heal is a little more complicated than just than just the bone healing. I mean, it, it, soft tissue is just as important as bone. <laughs> you know, we all say, "Oh, you don't have any fractures." Well, that's not true. You have sp- ligament sprains, uh, tears, partial tears, full tears, and sometimes these things, uh, you know, don't heal for a long time. Sometimes they need regenerative medicine techniques like platelet rich plasma and things like that. Uh, to make a very, very, very um, firm uh, or very good bond. Because just because it's soft tissue doesn't mean it's not important. I think sometimes people say, oh, nothing's broken. There's no problem.
0: And I, I know that, you know, you're not in that trainer's room and you're not in that doctor's office. Uh, but if, if the goal is to get LeBron James... Um you know, back as healthy as possible. And, you know, the playoffs are looming uh, here in, in just a little while. So you, so they need to get him healthy in order to pursue another another championship. Um, but what are you recommending to him right now uh, in a way that, you know, you understand you don't want to rush him back. You want him to get as healthy as possible for the most important part of the season. But what are you recommending to put him on target for that?
2: Well, as Dr. Moses has said many times, you know, the anti-inflammatory diet, diet um they, goodbye. The, the trainers know very very well how to uh, begin ramping up the exercise. That's what they do. That's what they're paid for. Uh, start starts starts slow. Uh, start low and go slow. Uh, the spirit of the athlete we talked about a couple of weeks ago was also important. Of course, a person like this uh, that won't be an issue at all. You know, he'll they'll probably have to keep him uh, keep him back a little bit, but uh, they just have to be careful to balance the uh, the, the recovery with not going too fast, and that's kind of where the expertise of the trainers and how the athlete feels is. It's really kind of common sense, but it's common sense with experience, if you know what I mean. Somebody who's yeah. done it, who's seen it, who's maybe made a mistake, maybe pushed somebody too far, an athlete, or, or maybe pampered them too much. It's kind of, it's kind of like like, re- like reading an x-ray. You don't learn from looking at a book. You learn by reading x-rays. You see what I mean? It's it's a feeling for something that human beings are so good at, uh, you know, without looking at sentences in English and paragraphs. Does that make sense?
0: Yep, it sure does. And we're talking to uh, Dr. Robert O'Dell uh, from the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Again, uh, if you're dealing with any kind of pain, uh, give them a call at 702-257-7246. They'll they'll, uh, put you in the right direction. Uh, No matter whether they can uh, handle it uh, or refer you to, to, to something else, uh, but give them a call. You don't have to be living your life uh, in constant pain. There's answers, there's remedies, and Dr. Odell is the perfect uh, resource uh, to talk to when it comes to that type of thing. Uh, Dr. Odell, you mentioned the spirit of the athlete and the spirit of the person quite often, and it just really seems like that's like disposition is extremely important uh, in dealing with pain and dealing with recovery and uh, dealing with rehab. Why is it so important, do you say?
2: Well, because of the mind-body connection. I mean, when the pain signal goes up to the brain, it goes laterally to where it's mapped so you know, you know, it's like your thumb hurts or your big toe hurts or whatever, but there's a signal also goes immediately to the limbic system. The limbic system is the center of the emotion, and that's intertwined with a person's spirit, you know, things that we just really can't measure, probably never, hopefully we'll never be able to measure, and uh, uh, somebody's reaction, somebody's goals, uh, somebody's you know, uh, uh, aspirations play into dealing with an injury. I had a very serious injury the other day, and I was just hobbled. Now I'm not a professional athlete, but um, I couldn't even walk. I had to come home come home from work, and uh, uh, my spirit, re- 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 you know, got much better when I when I treated that thing, and it got better. <laughs> but right. these guys are different because they depend on their bodies. Well, I do too for my job, but not you know jumping 10 feet in the air and and. Uh, you know uh, uh trying to guard guys that are two hundred and fifty pounds and and uh and move like uh, lightning so um it's uh there's a little something extra that they think these athletes have that does play in however, having said all that, they're still bound by the physic by the physics of their body you know the the um tendon has to be strong enough the ligament has to be firmly attached to the bone, and if it's not then um it may not be able to stand the stress of, uh, of the injury. My father used to tell me uh, he was an elite athlete, as we discussed, a long time ago, and, and uh, coached football his entire life. You know, football, uh, people are just getting too big and strong for the, for the knees. Of course, for the, for the cranio now, too, with the, with the concussion stuff. But uh, they're, they're heavier, they're faster, and there's more pressure if something doesn't quite get you know hit right.
0: Where do you you know and you're, you speak about your dad uh, pretty often and uh you know he's a was an old time football coach and the way things were approached and looked at uh during his time isn't necessarily you know how it might be looked at uh in in this time and you know we grow and evolve uh, as, as people but uh in football in sports um there is a you know a mentality uh, and look if you talk to any football coach uh Talent aside, when it comes down to what's the difference what's, you know between the great ones and the not-so-great ones and, and the defining uh, characteristic, a lot of times they'll say, Dr. Uh, Odell, uh, tough enough, t- physical toughness, being able to deal with injuries, the inevitable injuries. Not everybody's going to be 100%. You're going to be dealing... Uh, with some something, you know, when I played football, and I'm sure you know during during your when you were coming up and and, and your dad, there was that old saying: rub a little, put a little dirt in it, and go back out there. Um, you know, obviously we've moved on from from that, but but at the same time, um, there still is something to be said about that pain threshold. Where do you kind of fall on that? Maybe even the mind over matter aspect of it.
2: Well, the pain threshold is a, is a term used by everybody. And nobody really knows what it means. I have some people, sometimes if I touch the, their skin with a needle, they just jump. Other people, I mean, you can put a 25 gauge needle into somebody, and usually a little prick, but then you move it in and out, it's not a problem. Um, for example, in the OB suite, if a, a patient needs a epi- labor epidural, and if she is reacting to the pressure of the blood pressure cuff, she needs that epidural put in fast. Everybody's had their blood pressure taken. Well, it's pressure, not pain. But some people perceive the pressure as pain, so there's just a wide wide, wide variation. Uh, one of my neuropathy <coughs> excuse me one of my neuropathy patients her nerves were getting better, and they were and they started to get painful. She stopped treating i've never seen that before. I also had to take her to a surgery center to do some injections. Most of mine I am able to do in my office. I go slowly and I talk to the patients and although that'll be changing soon as we moved into a surgery center situation, hopefully four or five months. But um, this whole, I mean, you know, you can write books and books and books on the mind-body connection and the relationship between an injury and somebody dealing with the injury. Actually, the th- same thing goes for life. You know, you're really, not, you're really not about what happens to you. You're really about what, how you react to what happens. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely, I think it's it, those are words. I could go on and on about about that whole uh, situation, but it, but it's true, and uh, and and there's no excu- Honestly, there's no excuses um, to not, you know, uh, if you let something that happened uh, define you or determining your 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 your, your fate, uh, whatever it might be, uh, a personal loss, whatever the case is. Then you've succumbed to that, and 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 there's there's ways not to allow that to happen, and sometimes it's mind over matter, but no, your reaction. I
2: mean, I, I tell you how many people I've had this neuropathy fight with the, the feds, paying for my neuropathy protocol. I, I can't tell you how many people told me to give up. Well, guess right. what? We won seventy five thousand back from their idiocy uh, uh, through an administrative law judge. You know, uh, several months ago, and we expect some more victories because we were there you right go. and they uh, were not following their own rules. So many people told me to give up, but I didn't. And you didn't. Nope.
0: And you didn't. And here you here you are, and we're talking to Robert Odell, Dr. Robert O'Dell uh, from the Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, here in Las Vegas. Again, give them a call, 702-257-7246. Whatever the injury or the pain is that you're dealing with, um, they'll get you straightened out and uh, point you in the right direction, whether they can treat it and, uh, yeah. or, or move you on.
2: Just, you know, just because you're old, I, I think this deserves to be said at least once a month on this show. Just because you're old doesn't mean you have to be in pain. I know many of your, your listeners are younger, uh, but they have, you know, they have uh, 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 mothers and fathers and, and grandparents. And, oh, I've had so many people come to me with neck pain thinking nothing could be done about it. That's one of the most fun and rewarding things to treat for a pain-benefit physician based on what it usually is, arthritis in the neck you don't, don't need neck surgery. Uh, I don't think I've had a failure. Maybe I can count on one hand the number of failures of, uh, uh, of treating the neck pain uh, in, in my career. Now, I'm not, not a real high-volume guy, although um, I do a lot more blocks in Tennessee, uh, you know, in a two-day period, uh, although I don't follow the patients as well as here. But uh, it's so rewarding uh, with, with some of the techniques that we have now, and especially with the onset of uh, regenerative medicine, and of course, electrocytical medicine, which I've been strongly into and been well-published in over the last 10 years. There's so many things that can be done, uh, uh, and, and people just aren't aware of them. They just need yeah, to have. Yeah, you know? uh, and,
0: and and that's why I urge people to give you guys a call at 702-257-7246 uh, while we're on uh, that subject. Uh, there's a couple of uh, you know procedures that you guys do uh, over there that I'm uh, interested in learning more about, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. Um, one of the things that uh, that, that caught my eye, uh, you know, going through your your website and taking a look at what you guys uh, you know take care of and do, and the procedures and all of the techniques and everything else that you guys have going on over there, uh, uh, is the lumbar sympathetic block. Um, if you can. You know, kind of uh, crystallize what exactly that 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 all means, what what the symptoms are, and and, and what it is that you guys are able to do. Yeah, uh, uh, the sympathetic
2: nervous system runs along the uh, vertebral column on the front anterior on both sides, and this sympathetic system is the fight or flight. It comes from the uh, the head and from the sacrum, and in, if you know, in the old days, if there was a saber toothed tiger after you, this is what told you to get out of dodge. Uh, it, 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 um, it gets your heart going. It gets the heart pumping faster, uh, uh, and it, it'll, get you, it'll get you out of trouble. Now, the sympathetic system can also work against you in something called chronic regional pain syndrome, which is one of the most common. That and vascular problems, circulation problems, are the most common uses of the sympathetic block. The uh, uh, chronic regional pain syndrome is when a, uh, a, uh, a limb will, uh, the entire limb, after either a small trauma, either with damage to a nerve or no damage to a nerve, will get very warm, uh, very be very painful, and then can go through stages, including being cold over over several years. It's a, a lot of things can be done to treat now, but it's a very devastating problem. And uh, for the sympathet- sympathetically mediated uh, CRPS, chronic regional pain syndrome. The uh, sympathetic blocks, you do serial blocks, maybe every other day for several weeks, work very, very well. We also utilize them with our electromedical device. The other thing it's good for is people who have vascular disease or difficulty with the circulation. The sympathetic nervous system, when you stand up, is the system responsible for the vascular tone. All that means is it squeezes your vessels down, because if it didn't, when you stood up, you'd faint. And... All of us have had the experience of getting up too fast. You defeat you defeat the system. So in, in this sense, uh, sometimes sympathetic blocks can help open up the vasculature because they block the sympathetic system, the tendency of the uh, vessels to squeeze down. And, that's, and that, and that, and that it can be useful, but it's most often used for CRPS, chronic regional pain syndrome, uh, also called reflex sympathetic dystrophy.
0: Got it. Uh, and the other, the second one, we're talking to Dr. Robert O'Dell from uh, the Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. Uh, the other one, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, uh, is the Medtronic pump. Um, what are we talking about uh, with
2: that? Uh, the um, the uh, intrathecal pump is, I don't do these procedures. My good friend, Dr. David Smith, does. He has a, he's moved, he moved here from San Diego. He has a clinic on the other side of town in Anderson. And uh, an ex-outstanding uh, uh, pain management doctor, he he uh, uh, will put these intrathecal pumps in. Where, let's say, somebody is on a large amount of, uh, uh, of narcotics. Well, if you put the pump in, you can you can do several things to lower the narcotics. First of all, you're putting the pump into the CSF, the cerebral spinal fluid, into the spinal cord itself, you know, down low, and. Um, then there's a pump that actually pumps the medicine in over time. It's, it's very carefully regulated because you wouldn't want it to overdose because it could cause very serious consequences. What this pump does then, you only need about 1 300th of the morphine equivalent because you're through the blood-brain barrier. In other words, if you're, if you're on 300 milligrams of morphine a day, you only need 1 milligram of morphine in that pump, which is very helpful. There's not a lot of the side effects, the peripheral side effects, The other thing that's even better is that you can add things like ketamine, local anesthetic, etc., which can decrease the effective um, dose that uh, you require for the narcotics. So there's opioid-sparing medicines, and and typical combinations would be uh, morphine or uh, fentanyl uh, or Dilaudid along with uh, a low dose of um, bupivacaine, Marcaine. And that way... You would you would not have a large enough dose to cause the the muscles not to work, but you would have a sensory uh, uh, slight sensory benefit from the marcaine because that 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 it's a numbing medicine, and then you'd have then you add the narcotic on top of that. You have a uh, don't have to use nearly as much. They're, they work together synergistically.
0: Got it. Uh, well, great information as usual. We appreciate the time. Uh, each week. Uh, enjoy the weekend. It's a beautiful weather here uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, love the warmth uh, and and the sun. Uh, take care of yourself. We'll talk to you next week. It's Dr. Robert O'Dell from uh, the Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. Give them a call, 702-257-7246, whatever it is that you're dealing with, whether you're young or old, you <sighs> don't have to deal with pain and let the doctor uh, take care of you. Have
2: Dr. A great O'Dell, weekend. thank you so much. Okay,
0: That was Dr. Robert O'Dell from the Neuropathy and Pain Center in Las Vegas. Love talking to that guy. Uh, You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and We'll be talking to you on the other side. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Our thanks again to Dr. Robert O'Dell over at the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, of Las Vegas. going to get that phone number out one more time, 702-257-7246. Uh, if you're dealing with pain, you don't have to be dealing with pain. Uh, at least uh, go uh, uh, check out Dr. O'Dell uh, over at the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, and, and let him uh, give you a look and see what you're dealing with and see if he can help. Chances are he will or knows somebody that can. Uh, you it's it's you don't have to be dealing with pain. Um, and and it's it's just because, like you said, just because you're getting old doesn't mean you have to uh, deal with uh, pain on a daily basis. Uh, got a chance to talk. Uh, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh We got a chance to talk today to Colton Miller, uh, the elder statesman now <laughs> of the Raiders offensive line. Uh, feels kind of uh, uh, weird to say that. Colton Miller just completed his third season with the Raiders. Uh, He was picked in the first round, 15th overall in 2018. At the time, a lot of people thought it was a reach. Uh, The Raiders felt good about Colton Miller. There was a little bit of a rocky road in his first year. It happens. um, But players get better when they care and they want it and they have the talent. And Colton Miller certainly fits that bill. And three years later, he's the first player for the 2018 draft uh, in that first round. To sign a second contract, uh, it was a win for John Gruden, his first first round pick uh, since retaking over uh, the Raiders, and it's obviously a win for Colton Miller. It's a win for the Raiders. They've got their left tackle, uh, you know, signed uh, and, and under key for the you know through the 2025 season. So uh, uh, good for them, good for him. And it was interesting talking to Colton today because he has a unique perspective of young Andre James, uh, the quote unquote heir apparent. To Rodney Hudson at center. Uh, It's not a gimme. Uh, The Raiders are making it uh, abundantly clear that he's going to have to go compete for that job, Uh, but they believe um, that he's up to the challenge. They've obviously extended his contract, Andre James, too. Um, Pretty good sign that they believe that he's the center of the present and the center of the future. They brought in Nick Martin, um, to, to uh, provide some competition in training camp, some coverage at center, some coverage at guard, depending on how uh, that position fight plays out. But chances are, uh, and it looks like, Andre James is uh, the odds-on favorite to win that job. And Colton Miller knows Andre James going all the way back uh, to their days at UCLA, and here's what he had to say about Andre James.
1: Rodney, um, it, was, it was great having him here um, these past couple years uh he was a huge help from my rookie year um to this past year but um he's not only taught me but Andre James um uh another lineman we just signed uh, or extended um and he's really taught him the ropes and I'm really excited for Andre and this opportunity too um you know i I've, I work with him every day and um you know I, I'm I feel confident in what he can do um you know, obviously there's going to be competition, but uh, you know I think we have uh, a good group, a good group ahead of us, and you know <clears throat> we're just going to continue to work hard together. We're going to continue to invest. I trust, trust Tom Cable. Um, I trust me, Richie, Denzel, and, and Andre, and um, and whoever we choose to, uh, Jared. Um, john simpson um whoever we bring in you know we'll be okay you know we'll uh we'll continue to work hard and and um and get the job done
0: that's colton miller uh talking first really about rodney hudson and the impact that rodney had on colton miller uh and andre james his uh his apprentice uh rodney hudson's apprentice these last couple of years Um, but uh, you know i think that for raider fans that are you know, concerned right now about the shift from Rodney Hudson to most likely Andre James no doubt there should be a little bit of anxiety until Andre James uh, gets in there and proves that he can play or can't there is there should be a little bit of anxiety it's a question mark uh, but you know knowing how things work usually um, you know when you make a move of this stature and then you go ahead and extend the young player be behind the player that you're moving on from it's a pretty good indication that whatever he's been doing behind the scenes, it's been satisfactory uh, to coaches that know what they're doing, coaches that know what they want to see and they, what they need to see. And talking specifically about uh, Tom Cable uh, and what he has seen so far from Andre James to give them the confidence, A, that he can replace Rodney Hudson or at least fight for that job, but B, then to extend him uh, you know, to to a new contract uh, that's pretty telling, but it was kind of interesting to me. Uh, if you if you listen to that 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 uh, that clip, Colton Miller is going right down the line. I got confidence in me. I got confidence in Richie, the guard. I got confidence in Andre. I got confidence in Denzel. Um, and then he kind of stopped and he paused because he was getting over to right tackle. Did you notice that he kind of stopped uh, right before getting to right tackle? And in fact, I think he mentioned John Simpson, who's obviously a guard. Uh, and 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 one of the other younger younger players uh, that's that's you know going to be fighting for a, a roster spot, but he never really set anybody at, at right tackle, and for obvious reasons, the Raiders really don't have a right tackle right now. I know uh, there was a recent article our good friend uh, Vic Tifor, uh wrote for the Athletic, uh, in which Tom Cable um, was was you know going to bat. For Brandon Parker, and maybe Brandon Parker, you know, uh, makes grows by leaps and bounds and um, solidifies himself as the right tackle. He's going to be given a chance uh, to go in there and and compete, um, but I don't think that that's the plan. And I think that even Colton Miller realizes that. Uh, and so when he was naming all the guys that that he trusts, I trust myself. I trust Richie. I trust Andre. I trust uh, Denzel. Denzel, I trust, pause, oh, yeah, we don't really have a right tackle right now. Um, It could end up being Brandon Parker, but I kind of doubt it, and I think Raider Nation uh, understands that as well. So where do the Raiders go uh, for their right tackle? Well, you know, one thing that Colton Miller said, and this is putting the faith, A, in um, the draft process, and B, Tom Cable and his uh, ability to coach up whoever the Raiders – draft, uh, or whoever they bring in free agency, I guess. But he said, I think whoever we bring in, we're going to be okay. Um, and that's, again, a vote of confidence uh, to Tom Cable and the decision makers on on who it is that the Raiders go out and get to play right tackle. I don't think that the Raiders right tackle is currently on the roster uh, or in that building. Again, Brandon Parker can surprise all of us. If that happens, that's a great development. I mean, who's going to argue that if Brandon uh, Parker comes in rolls into OTAs and, and minicamp and, and training camp and says, uh, yeah, you didn't have to draft a right tackle. You didn't have to go sign a right tackle. Your right tackle was sitting right here, and I'm ready to go rock and roll. I don't know that to be the case. Brendan Parker's been given a bunch of opportunities, or at least a few, uh, to really distinguish himself. But each time he's been given that opportunity, frankly, uh, he just hasn't gotten the job done. He hasn't been able to create the kind of comfort level that the Raiders' coaches want to see. He certainly didn't do that last year when given the opportunity, because think you know Sam Young uh, got put right back uh, into that position when he was healthy enough to play. So uh, we shall see. Uh, but in talking to Colton Miller today, he has confidence that in spite of the the, the turnover of the Raiders' offensive line, uh, that they're going to be able to get it squared away in time to to go play, you know, solid football and. You know, I, I, looking at that draft, and I think that that's where, if you're going to get focused on uh, on any position in the draft, tackle is the position to be focused on, and it's a good year <laughs> to be focused on on that draft. And I think that the Raiders, if you want to call it lack of urgency so far in free agency at tackle, um, or lack of activity, um, or lack of desperation, I mean, obviously they traded Trent Brown. They haven't really filled that spot yet on the roster. It leads you to believe that they've been doing their homework on this draft. They understand that this draft uh, is going to yield some really high-quality tackles, guys that are going to be able to step in and get the job done. And they feel good at 17 that they're going to have access to one or two of those players and be able to make a decision on, on which player they want to go with. So um, I think that's a good sign. <clears throat> and I and. I tweeted this out today. If you're worried and freaking out about, you know, starting even if it's a, a, a rookie at right tackle and safety, <clears throat> we'll just go look at the, you know, go look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. Tristan Wirfs uh, was a rookie tackle, skate, started day one and played 16 games and into the playoffs with the Super Bowl, played at a really high level and. I think if you look at this draft class, there's guys that are every bit as good, if not better, than Tristan Worfs in terms of being a prospect. So the chances are the Raiders are gonna be able to get a player that's every bit as good as Tristan was. And so um, you know, he showed that uh, a rookie can start at a high level on a team that goes to the Super Bowl. So um so I wouldn't be freaking out too much at right tackle. And then you wanna look at safety. Guy by the name of Antoine Winfield Jr., a second-round pick by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who slid to the second round. Not quite sure why. I thought he was first-round talent, but be that as it may, he started every game at safety for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and was on a, 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 was a big part of what they did and winning the Super Bowl. So it can be done. Now, in both of those players' cases, and I think this is where the Raiders are starting to hopefully ascend to, you know, they were put into situations where they were playing alongside, you know, veterans. And uh, while that might not entirely be the case with the Raiders offensive line, whoever that right tackle is, he's going to have to play uh, with either Denzel Good, who's still a relatively young player, or maybe John Simpson wins that job. Uh, It's going to be a young center in Andre James, Richie Incognito, you got to figure, locks down one of the guard spots and a veteran in Colton Miller. But, He's not going to, whoever that rookie is, if they go in that direction, isn't going to be playing alongside a bunch of other rookies. And uh, same now at free safety. Uh, whoever that free safety is going to be, yes, it's a little bit younger on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but at least now you have a Damon Arnett, you know, that's going into year two. You've got a uh, Trayvon Mullen who's going into year three. Jonathan Abrams going into year three. Uh, Corey Littleton is a veteran. Nick Kukowski is a veteran. Nicholas Morrow now is a veteran. Uh, that defensive line, all of a sudden, Clee Farrell is going to his third year. Uh, you know, uh, um, Yannick Ngakwe is definitely a veteran uh, uh, player now. Um, you know, Max Crosby is going into year three. Maurice Hurst is, go, what, going into year four. Jonathan Hankins is now uh, a, a veteran. Quinton uh, Jefferson is definitely a veteran. Solomon Thomas is going into his fifth year. So all of a sudden, you know, when you start looking at some of these moves that these Raiders, that the Raiders have made, uh, that young, young defense is starting to get a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. So plucking a free safety, a rookie free safety, into that mix. Uh, isn't necessarily a, a daunting situation, and you know I go back to last year, and a bunch of those players that I just named were either first or second year players, short of, you know, Corey Littleton and uh, Nick Kukowski. Um, you know, but but for the most part, it was first and second year players that they were starting, and that's. Can be troubling sometimes. Not because these guys aren't talented. It's just that collectively, when you're when you're playing that many young players, you're gonna be a little bit vulnerable. You want a mix of young, veterans, and, uh, and experience, and and fresh legs, uh, guys going into their prime. KG uh, uh, veterans that have been around the block a little bit and 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 know what to expect and can preach it to the locker room and and uh, get everybody organized on the field. Last year was a little bit to me, anyway. Uh, looking at it, a little bit uh, out of balance. And again, that goes back to you're always replacing, you're always replenishing, you're always having to rely on young players. But when you're when uh, like the Raiders were last year, kind of exclusively relying on an overwhelmingly uh, young core defense, you're probably going to feel the wrath a little bit. And on top of that, you know, looking back, there were probably some questions on was the messaging getting through from Paul Gunther, was the system that he was trying to implement and trying to run conducive to the talent on hand, was it a little bit too much, was the, was the playbook, you know, uh, too thick? you know was what he was asking uh, guys to do really putting those players in in the best possible position to succeed there's there's reasons to doubt a lot of those different things so on top of maybe not the right message not the right coach not the right philosophy in uh coupled with a very young offense or young defense that was also not just young they were also adding a bunch of new starters. I think at one point, I had about seven new starters last year. And really, Jonathan Abram was a new starter. Damon Arnett was a new starter on the team. Corey Littleton was new. Nick Wachowski was new. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, even though he had played uh, a while, was new to as, as far as being a, uh, a lockdown starter. Um, you know, Malik Collins was was new. Max Crosby was just going into his second year. Cleve Farrell was only going into his second year. Trayvon Mullen was going into his second year. But you had a bunch of uh, new players uh, being joining a very, very young group. So uh, there was a lot working against that defense last year that didn't necessarily have to do with overall talent or ability uh, or promise or um, you know uh, any of those type of things. It was just circumstances on top of Maybe not the right coach. Maybe not the right voice. Well, a year later, things changed. Guys get older. Guys develop. Guys get better. Looking over at Damon Arnett, um, you know, putting out the workout tapes and uh, uh, video and and putting the work in uh, at this time of year. Amik Robertson, uh, who's been on uh, Twitter and, and social media, and uh, I think. Has his sights set on winning that slot cornerback position? Um, he's a guy that can play. I, I urge people go watch the tape. Go watch what he did at Louisiana Tech and some of the talented players that he locked down. Uh, the guy can play football. And unfortunately for him, he was making a big position switch, moving uh, to slot cornerback from outside cornerback. We've talked about it quite a bit. I'm not, you know, uh, you know, at the at the expense. Uh, or at the risk of, of repeating myself, but it bears repeating. Amik Robertson isn't somebody that you just need to sweep out of the uh, room yet. I mean, he's he's he barely played last year. In a year where he didn't really have the typical rookie foundation uh, to be set, and on top of that was switching to a new position, uh, it, it was almost inevitable that uh, it was a little bit too much, that it was going to be a little bit too much. And we saw some of that when he actually did get on the field. Well, again, so Colton Miller looked rocky, to say the least, as a rookie, right? Look at him now. He just signed. He's one of the better left tackles in the league. He just signed a long-term contract extension. Uh, he worked at it. He got better. And we see the result of that. Amik Robertson can be the same exact way. Uh, Damon Arnett can be the same way. Jonathan Abrams still definitely has future. And again, as... Colt Miller mentioned Tom Cable, uh, a, a coach that he abides by and swears by, basically. Uh, maybe that wasn't the case with the staff last year, but I think a guy like Gus Bradley and the position coaches that he's brought with him are the type of guys that coaches that players not only have, it, it, there's not only the possibility that they're going to talk about those coaches the way Colton talks about Tom Cable, but go talk to some of Gus Bradley's former players. Go talk to some of uh, Ron Miles's uh, former players and Richard Smith and and, and uh, Rod Marinelli. They do talk about uh, their coaches and those guys like Colton Miller and that Raider offensive line talks about Tom Cable. So if you can get that turned around defensively just from the messaging and the development and the coaching standpoint, that defense is going to improve just simply based on that. You're in the huddle. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador.
1: You're listening
0: to Raider Nation Radio 9.20 a.m. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. What's going on, Raider Nation? Welcome back, Raider Nation. Friday, you're in the huddle. Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila and Vajador. Got some big things coming, um, hopefully. Uh, We're trying to put uh, some special things together. Uh, Mentioned it uh, on air yesterday, but the possibility, uh, you know, uh, these things are always uh, fluid situations, so we have to dot the I's and cross the T's and and work out some kinks. Uh, But one possibility is having a a pregame, not pregame, but a Saturday pre-game kind of tailgate party radio show uh, somewhere here locally in Las Vegas, uh, hopefully really close to Allegiant Stadium, uh, so that the fans that are here in Las Vegas, uh, that are traveling to Las Vegas uh, from out of town, whether you're coming from the Bay Area or Southern California or wherever else uh, you're rolling in from, uh, that we could all get together uh, the Saturday or day before uh, each game, each home game, uh, at Allegiant Stadium. Most li- mo- most of that time, that's going to be, uh, you know, the Saturday afternoon or somewhere uh, on Saturday, uh, the day before the game. And, uh, you know, just throwing this out there to listeners, would you be interested in something like that? You know, I'll do a couple hours show uh, on a Saturday, bringing in guests, um, you know, uh, having some giveaways, uh, all that type of thing to kind of kick off game weekend. Uh, righteously, in the right way, uh, and, uh, and and talk Raider football and have some fun uh, at the same time. Because uh, for any of you guys that are and gals that are coming in from from out of town, um, not sure how much time you've spent in Las Vegas, but I'm just letting you know it's a pretty fun town. Uh, there's a lot of fun things to do, and we want to uh, try to kick things off uh, on game day weekend uh, before you guys head out to Allegiant Stadium on Sunday in the right kind of way so uh if you like that idea let us know um you know because uh if so it's something that we really really are, are passionate about and uh and excited to do and obviously uh embajador tequila is going to be a big part uh, of that effort um and this way you guys could come out wherever we are uh and, and and try some embajador tequila uh it's good stuff uh, needless to say um you know uh you could go to their website of com uh, and 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 you know order um, stuff if you're not if you're not here in town or or in Texas or California or Arizona where you could go buy it at Total Wines and places like that. Um, you could always go online to to order it, and if you type in the code word in the huddle, you get ten uh, percent off. I think it is of 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 your next Embajador Tequila uh, purchase, but. Thoughts on a uh, Saturday tailgate party, pre-tailgate party uh, ahead of the game on Sunday. Uh, Let us know how you feel about that, what you think about it. We would love to do it for you guys. I don't mind working a little bit of overtime on Saturday. uh, If it means being out and about with the fans and and having some fun, um, enjoying the sunshine, uh, maybe having a couple of cocktails. Uh, So uh, let us know what you think about that. But, you know, slowly but surely, uh, things are opening up. Um, it looks like, hopefully, some level of fans uh, will be allowed uh, to participate uh, at Allegiant Stadium. Obviously, that final decision is going to come down to a couple of different, um, you know, entities. Number one, the state of Nevada has to decide where we're going to be come September as far as opening up. Are we going to be able to, you know, open up to 100 percent? Capacity at Allegiant Stadium? Will the vaccines and the and COVID 19 uh be in line uh with, with that? Hopefully it is. I think that's what everybody wants, knock on wood. Maybe it'll be uh you know 50%. I don't know. We don't know. And then obviously Mark Davis, uh the owner of the Raiders, um, will have to make a determination. We know that his position last year was if I can't have everybody in there, all sixty five thousand strong. I'm not about to tell, you know, uh, one, let alone thousands of my fans that poured their hearts and souls and wallets and pocketbooks uh, into helping build a stadium that they can't come and experience it and enjoy it. Um, So let's just hope uh, we've got a ways to go. We're five months out from the regular season starting. Um, You know, these next few months are going to be really important in terms of the vaccine, the vaccination, how many people... Uh, you know, uh, do it, uh, how many people get it, um, what the numbers look like for COVID 19, but uh, we sure hope that uh, it's going to be a full house over to Allegiant Stadium because I sure missed you guys. I'm telling you that right now. Everywhere I went this year, um, it was either no fans or very, very minimal fans, and it was no fun uh, looking at empty stadiums. You know, the game itself, obviously, that's your job. You're doing it, you're covering it, um, you're doing the best you can, uh, but To not have fans as part of the experience, it was a total bummer. I'm just going to put it out there just like that. So hopefully uh, you guys come back, and hopefully, like I said, um, we're going to be able to have some fun uh, here uh, ahead of the home games anyway at Allegiant Stadium when I'm in town, and we can have that that tailgate show on Saturday before the home games. And slowly but surely the Raiders are putting together their roster. Uh, No question about that. Uh, I really like what they did along the defensive line. Um, Yannick Ngakwe, I think, can be a game changer on the defensive line. Uh, you put him, um, you know, alongside and with, and in a rotation with, however you want to throw it out there. But you know, Cleve Farrell and Mo Hurst and uh, uh, Quinton Jefferson and David Irving and Max Crosby and on and on and on. Uh, Carl Nassib. Uh, that that defensive line has some talent and has some versatility and has various skill sets. Uh, So I would imagine that they're going to get to the quarterback a little bit better or maybe a lot better uh, than they have in in years past. Obviously, uh, linebacker seems set uh, right now. You've got Corey Littleton. You've got Nick Wachowski. You've got Nicholas Morrow. You've got young Tanner Muse, uh, who kind of was a forgotten man. But don't sleep on him. Don't forget about him. You know, these are a a fairly high draft pick for a reason. Uh, Injuries derailed his rookie season, but he still got promise. He's still in the plans. Javon White. From UNLV uh, is 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 back um, in the, in the fold and somebody that the Raiders uh, have high hopes for uh, as well. And you know you look at that secondary: Jonathan Abram, Chavon Mullen, uh, Damon Arnett, Nevin Lawson. Unfortunately, heard the news today. He's going to be out the first two games of next year for violating the league's um, uh, performance enhancement uh, substance uh, per- uh, policy. So uh, it'll be the third straight year that Nevin starts a season. Uh, on the uh, suspended list uh not good uh not ideal obviously um but uh amik robertson uh isaiah johnson uh kishan nixon um you've got some some really young players that that who have yet to fulfill their potential but there's still plenty of time uh who's going to be that free safety though who's going to play alongside jonathan abram um it's interesting uh it's fascinating i can't wait to see what happens in the draft because i think uh, that right tackle position gets solidified there and I think that free safety position gets solidified there uh, I like what the Raiders have done offensively um, you know with the additions of of the Willie Sneed uh, John Brown I really like the Kenyon Drake uh, signing uh, as a compliment and um, you know in conjunction with uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh, so, um, you know, we'll see. Excited about the future for Henry Ruggs. Excited about the future for Brian Edwards. Uh, these are still young players that are still in the development stage that have all uh, the capability in the world uh, to take big steps forward to be big factors in the NFL and for the Raiders. It's not a finished product, it's still a process. And the Raiders, I believe, closer than people think. You're in the huddle uh, with Mini Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Baja. I want to thank you to all the callers and listeners. You're why we do this. We'll be back at it Monday 4 to 6 p.m. Damon uh, Damon Cotton, thank you for everything that you do. Uh, Glad you're feeling better. We will talk to you guys on Monday.